and welcome to the Global Slovakia podcast, where we explore Slovakia's past, present, and future. In this series, we look at the destinies of the brave Slovak men and women who dared or were forced to leave Slovakia in search of a better life abroad. Are you Slovak? Do you want to connect to your heritage? Follow us on Facebook or globalslovakia.com. Hello, I'm David Grega. Today we're joined by Dia Partak to talk about her great-grandparents, her Slovak family legacy, and the deep-rooted connection to Slovakia. Welcome, and thank you for being part of the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, David. I'm happy to be here. Can you start by giving us a little overview of your family's story and the Slovak connection? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very lucky in the fact that both sides of my family are from Slovakia, Austria-Hungary at the time, but are Slovak. My paternal side of the family is the Partaks, my grandmother also being Stosh. So the Partaks came from Jablanka, which is now in the political borders of Poland. So there's Jan, my great-grandfather, and Maria, my great-grandmother. They came over separately. Maria came, I think she was probably like 16 years old, and worked in the Palmer House in Chicago, which is now the Hilton story was that she was there to earn dowry and go back to Slovakia, which she ended up doing. She may have or may not have met Jan there, or they may have known each other before because they were from the same same area. But they eventually got married and moved together with their kids after a few back and forths to Joliet, Illinois. The staff is my grandmother, Sophie Partak. Her family Jan and Dina moved here, and they're from Hlebnice, which is about, I'm not going to get this right, but I want to say like an hour's drive south of Yablanka. They came over, and there's not much information. They kind of remain a mystery in the family, even though I was very close with my grandmother. But my great-grandmother, Stina, was said to have been a healer, very much in the pagan ways. The stories about why they came to America are very mysterious. I mean, there's even the story that Dina's brother stowed away on a ship to New York. And when he was found, he jumped overboard and essentially chose to die opposed to going back to Hungary. So there was some desperation in those stories, um, which is probably a big component of why it wasn't discussed. (laughs) Yes, yes. And my other side of the family, Bob Shitnik, it was my great, great grandparents who came over. They came from Košice. Their journey, the actual journey here and how they got there is unknown, but how they integrated, I think very interesting in and of itself. Going back to the uh, Partak family, can you tell me a little bit more about the the characters of Jan and Maria, your great-grandparents? Yeah, so Jan was very much a creative man. He really set our family on a very interesting footing with his ideas. He ended up buying several houses on East Garnsey Avenue in Joliet, Illinois, and built a grocery store off of one of the abandoned houses, actually. And Maria served as the butcher. And more so than that, she was the anchor of of that business, while Jan was, you know, the schmoozer and getting to know the community and and bringing that connective piece there. Um, And it really... I mean, the grocery store, which later turned into a tavern after Prohibition, 
Although I think it might have really been a tavern before Prohibition as well. But who knows? Having a little speakeasy in the back uh, room (laughs) of, of the grocery store. Perhaps. My dad will probably get mad hearing me say that. <laughs> so, but the um, but the tavern, tell me a little bit about, there was some special meaning to the tavern. Uh, it wasn't just a tavern. Yeah. So the tavern, like I said, or I don't know if I said this, was attached to their house. So my grandfather and my dad and his siblings grew up, literally grew up in the tavern. The east side of Joliet, Illinois, is a very very Slovak area. It wasn't until I moved out of Illinois that I realized not everybody has a Slovak sounding last name. So everybody in that area was doing the same thing. Everybody came over, knew each other. If they didn't know each other in the homeland, but the tavern was one of the very, very important connecting points where people could have the same experience, be a part of it all. And everybody knew everybody. Everybody who got married who was Slovak had their after party from the wedding at the tavern. It was where everybody met. The parties were for all immigrants, not just Slovaks as well. Like they were really encompassing of everybody trying to integrate and be a part of part of America, which was really sweet. And this was in a time where there was a lot of adversity. A lot of things were happening in the United States uh, at that time. And in a way, it's lucky he was innovative. Yeah. A, a thinker of ideas in order to adapt to the situation. He had to be creative yeah. in order to support his family and to and to keep the Partak family going. Yeah, yes. He was known as the character around town because he was always coming up with something new. I mean, he he sadly lost his leg to diabetes and he somehow created a motorized wheelchair just on his own. He was very much the let's do it. Let's let's figure out what we can do. Because like after he lost his leg, he then saw a great deal on a car that the family had to have. But you know, back then they were manual cars. There was so you needed both feet. But he bought it anyways. He's like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, like what is Jan doing next? Kind of thing. <laughs> right. Kind of the inventor and the entrepreneur. Yes. yes. So tell us a little bit more about the uh, Obstinics family? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, this was my great, great grandparents who moved to America. They had Anna Jr. So it's George and Anna Sr. who moved over. Anna Jr. I will refer to her as Nana because that's how she's always been referred. Nana was born in America and she loved being an American. (laughs) She was always out doing the newest thing, did not want to do anything that felt like what her parents did or wanted to the point of refusing to marry a Slovak. My great-grandfather, George, picked out a local Slovak boy for her to marry, and she flat out refused. That was kind of the customary thing at the time, and she bucked the system. She did. (laughs) She did. She was always challenging the system. Nana was going to do what Nana wanted to do. When I talked to my mom about it, she was like, Nana comes first. Nana comes first. If what you're telling her to do, she's going to do the opposite. <laughs> so she eventually, at age 25, which was old back then, married an Irishman. And that sadly led to her being disowned by her father. And so that cut some ties, but not completely. Anna Sr kept 
meeting and talking with Nana on her own. They would sit and talk Slovak together. Nana never really gave up her Slovak traditions, culture of knowing who she was. She just adopted the Irish and American ways as well. And I think that really speaks to me as really powerful because there was a lot of it was there was a lot of anti-Irish and anti-Slovak in America at that time. My grandmother then, who was born to the Irishman and Nana, really dealt with a lot of the blow on that because Nana wanted her two daughters to be American, to fit in, I, I guess is the best way to put it. But she still was connected. There was still part of there that was very Slovak. So they went to St. Cyril's for school, all of that. And they got in a lot of trouble because they would show up in very newfangled American clothes and Nana wanted them to speak English and the school wanted them to speak at least some Slovak. And so and finally that kind of old world, new world conflict, the girls, my grandmother and her sister got pulled from, from school and ended up going to public school because it was, it was too hard on them. My, my grandmother was being traumatized because she was trapped between the two worlds. So with all of that, my mom giving me the egg cheese recipe means so much more to me knowing that Nana had it hanging from her cabinet despite everything she was going through. My grandma had it hanging there despite what she went through. And then my mom trying to retrace and get those things for herself and recognize. And now my mom being able to pass that on to me, it's very meaningful. Right. And it was the relationship between Anna Senior and Anna Junior. She, even though she was ostracized, uh, on a senior kept that relationship yep. going and sort of bridged the gap and kept her in the circle of the family and the Slovak community. Yeah. The intergenerational support, I think on that side of the family and then also within the community was very important. And like I had alluded to earlier, my grandmother, you know, who's half Irish, half Slovak, because my dad and mom met. She, of course, went to the tavern because she knew all of them. And um, my grandmother went on St. Patrick's Day and was like, oh my God, you're having a St. Patrick's Day party at a Slovak tavern. And that was that moment, like that is very much that moment of we can coexist. We can, we can be everything of who we are without stomping out another. You know, when my mom told me that story, I thought it was the most beautiful thing. And I'm just like, way to go get married, mom and dad, because you've you made a lot of healing as well. <laughs> so anyway, we talked a little bit about the Stasis that you know very little about, but I'm kind of curious to expand a little bit on the great-grandmother, uh, the Dina, yeah. who was supposed to be a healer. Can you tell us a little bit more about, I think there were some stories that she would relay and if you can share with us i know the stories you're alluding to those were actually maria who oh. shared those stories yes okay. maria would share because she would excite my my father and my two aunts with these stories in slovakia in yablanka she'd talk about how there was this boy who came out of the woods and he was a regular boy but he had cat eyes <laughs> like that this was and my dad still like no this is it happened grandma said it it, it, it like <laughs> and my great-grandmother was very serious about about vampires crucifixes galore I've, I've recently learned more about the vampire lore of our culture and I was like huh okay someone told me recently that it's 
if you have bushy eyebrows, you're more likely to come back as a vampire. And boy, my family has bushy eyebrows. So I was like, no wonder why Maria was so worried. Thank you for sharing that story. We're just about out of time here. Your story is fascinating. And it seems like all these bits and pieces that, as you say, make up your connection to Slovakia. And also you've mentioned the Slovak way is support, community, connection, and meaning. And so all these pieces of your story have allowed you to now move forward and keep your family Slovak legacy and tradition alive. Yeah, it it is wonderful. And part of me keeping that tradition, if I could just share briefly. So my great-grandfather came with a crucifix that he got from his mother great-grandfather Partek Jan. He kept that under the register at the tavern for protection, for luck, for prosperity. He passed that on to my grandfather when he took over the business. Then my grandmother kept it after he had passed. My father chose not to take over the business, but he opened his own business that was passed down to him. And when I opened my own business, my dad passed it on to me. And so I'm in the process of, of moving to Slovakia, hopefully in the future. And I really am excited to then bring that crucifix back because Jan set the stage for all of us, Partex, and then brought along the, the sashes and the Shitniks added to that for us to prosper, to get to the point where we can go back because nobody really wanted to leave. I mean, they did, but would have rather have stayed in the homeland but had to go. Yeah. And so I feel very blessed that everything that they did is allowing me to take us back there and That's keep one... it going full circle. Yeah, that is wonderful. Yeah. Good luck with that. I hope that comes to fruition. Thank you for sharing your story with us today and we will see you next time. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Global Slovakia podcast. Theme music was composed and performed by Zoe Solar. Audio editor is Dea Partak. Global Slovakia is a non-for-profit organization founded and directed by Dr. Zuzana Palovic and Dr. Gabriela Beregaziova with the mission of sharing Slovakia with the world. If you like what you've heard, please donate at globalslovakia.com to help us continue to make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening and we hope you join us next time for the Global Slovakia podcast.